Supercoach Professionals podcast, episode four, the last of our pre-season uh, watch list shows. I've got Ryan MS back with us after a week off, mate. How are you doing? Very good, very good. Yourself? Well, been cramming in the um, the games from the week the weekend, um, trying to make sense of, of it all two weeks down now. What can we learn, I guess, is, is what we're going to try to unpack tonight in regards to opening round, you know, teams and trying to get a bit of a head start to help just get our lineups half set. But, mate, they're not going to be fully set until those teams are announced. Let's face it, there's a few real wobblies that the coaches are likely to throw up. Absolutely. Um, absolutely, and especially this year. Um, discussing off-air that there's not a lot in the way of definite cheapies that are going to play. Um, so that, yeah, that in itself makes it a little bit tougher. And then you've also got a lot of teams that uh, aren't exactly settled in who's going to play where uh, and who's going to start and who's going to be on the bench. And so I think that will affect a lot of teams come Teamless Tuesday. There will be a flurry of changes. Yeah, and, and these guys, whether they're going to play on the edge or in the middle, like Ryan James... Looks like he's going to be on an edge, but he actually played really well, and we'll get to the trials in a moment. But he played really well, I thought, for the Titans against the Warriors. And admittedly, he's up against Sean Johnson, so maybe that's why. But, geez, he was a menace. Yeah, well, look, I mean, and that's the thing. Uh, it's not, Unfortunately, the um, the NRL coaches don't don't help us super coaches out um, with with how they play their um, how they play their players. But uh, look. I think we'll get a better idea of uh, what's going to happen uh, once the teams are announced. But uh, in the meantime, we'll um, try and find some gold in amongst that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and, and I am um, Paulie G. Paul Grisadka. Of course, this is Supercatch Professionals uh, podcast. And let's get straight into those um, those recaps now. And we'll start with the Cowboys and Melbourne game and and. Ryan, you know, you recap that game for us and that will go onto the app. We are um, still waiting for Apple final approval. Hopefully it comes overnight. So by the time you're listening to this, it should be there. If for some reason it's not, we're going to put it on the old Apple app and that way at least people can get it in time for the opening round and once it's up, we can transfer it all over. If people need to buy it this year, they don't still have it from last year, then we can promo, give them a promo code to get the free one once the new one's up and running. Um, but these recaps that are written and just waiting to get on that app and Google Play, we will have have those on as soon as possible as well. Um, let us know what you, what you thought about the Storm and the Cowboys uh, from a Supercoach perspective. Yeah, well, look, I was looking at um, how the Cowboys were playing, and the Cowboys were playing a similar style to last year, but... I was just thinking about um, Supercoach combos and it came up with, uh, I was thinking Morgan and Felt, Felt, Kyle Felt. Um, Kyle Felt had a great game, um, somehow managed to catch like amazing 
you know, amazing one-handers in pouring down rain. Mm. Um, Morgan um, kicked kicked for him, um, also laid on a couple of passes to him as well, or, um, you know, the second-to-last pass sort of thing. Uh, and, and I think I kind of, yeah, got to thinking that perhaps if you've got one, you probably want to get the other, um, you know, to maximise your points from those two, because I think most of the points are going to come from felt side. And the fact is that Morgan and Thurston play both sides of the both sides of the ball. So. Morgan did a lot, didn't he? I mean, you know, Thurston's still just getting back into the swing of things. And Morgan, obviously, the way he took control of that team last year, he's keeping up that level. He's not afraid to, to you know, make his own way and try his own things. No, absolutely. Um, he was quite prepared to um, chance his arm um, and do the kicking when, um, you know, he was first receiver and or when he was second receiver, he was just, you know, playing what was in front of him and that's the way to go, I, I think, for him. Um, look, and JT was... Um, JT certainly warmed up for the game. He had some pretty excellent touches, including the last uh, last kick for to win the game, um, a banana kick out to Felt. Um, so I think Felt's definitely the target... Uh, for the Cowboys, so I think if you're looking that way, then he's the way to go. An interesting thing that I did notice, though, that was um, he didn't kick at all yeah. um, for goal. So low kicked, um, and he was awful um, <laughs> all night. And I know it was pouring down rain, but he missed some, you know, absolute uh, gimmies. Uh, so, look, I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, but, like, I can't imagine that he's not going to kick goals unless he's injured yeah, and that, um, in some way, or they were just, just playing safety um, in the bad weather. Yeah, and I mean, he, you know, obviously he gets you, you know, quite a few um, points, four points per goal. So we want to see him kicking goals. He is quite a bit cheaper than normal. So probably it balances back out. If he wasn't kicking, you're probably still not going to lose money on him. But, any, but you know, you still, you want him kicking goals. Um, the Storm... <laughs> It was a shame about Jerome Hughes. Jeez, he looks good every time he gets a crack. I know it's rare for Melbourne. Um, but what was noticeable was, you know, last week Munster was outstanding when he went back to fullback. Then Hughes comes in, Munster goes to 5'8", and not quite the same. Yeah, he has, like, his impact is so so much less um, in the 5'8 position, uh, I, I guess because he's static. Um you know, so to speak, he can't chime in when he likes in the line from fullback. Uh, and there just seems to be a little bit of something amiss with him. He's been in a bit of trouble in the off-seat. Yeah, well, he had those issues, didn't he? And it's been denied and all the rest of it, but the media, yeah, it doesn't, the stories aren't going away. No, that's right. He, um, he's definitely something's a little bit amiss there, um, whether it's personal or with the club or whatever, I don't know. But, um, yeah, he's just, just a little bit off, especially um, in his, I guess, 5 is his non-favoured position. But um, you're going to want to play, you know, if you're playing NRL, you're going to want to play where the coach puts you. Um, the other guy who I thought did pretty well um, all night, who's looks like he's put on a couple of kilo um, and he's quite powerful, is Curtis Scott. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's yeah, a real just, alert after that game. Yeah. Absolutely, just powered through him. And also, um, yeah, he scored a very good try off a um, pretty strong run. Uh, look, it was a bit of a slog of a game because it was, you know, pouring down rain, so you couldn't take a lot of, a lot out of it. But um, Curtis Scott was definitely a bright 
a bright point for it. 481, not the cheapest. Josh had a car 461, not as not as strong that night. Both of them, you know, left side got some good matchups. We noticed with the Dominator, which is um, something we're we're releasing. If you've got um, the app on Google, you will already have that, have access to that um, Dominator, and and see just how how interesting that information shows up with Melbourne left side, especially left wingers upgrade. Um, had a car, yeah. The issue, I guess, was his defence. As much as anything, Ryan, um, there is a worry about his, you know, his consistency. I guess as any winger in, you know, even Jordan Rapana can suffer it. Um, but those matchups, especially those two games against his old club, the Tigers, they just scream in those first five rounds to find a way to get him in. But this, but that game, I just, and I know it was extremely wet, so I mean, maybe it's not worth even looking at from his point of view, but. You know, a little bit of um, pause for concern. Yeah, that's right. He got showed up a little bit. Um, also, he moved into centre uh, a bit later in the game and um, was all at sea there too. So he can't really yeah, draw much from that because <laughs> there's no way that he's going to play centre during, during the NRL season, um, you know, unless they're really in a bit of strife. Let's have a look at some of the other games over the weekend. Bulldogs v Penrith. That was a bit of an upset, certainly. The understrength um, Bulldogs winning that game. Um, we'll start with them. Not that many of their players, if any, um, were going to play. Lachlan Lewis looks pretty good. Um, certainly when he moved into 5'8", things turned uh, around for Canterbury. He really did um, take control in attack. Um, Reese Martin ran some nice lines, scored a nice try off Lewis. Um, also some of those young forwards like Ogden and Okafor, they were very good up front. Um, interesting to watch John Olive, um, Kieran Holland, they were both quite good in that game, and Farmanu Brown. So whether any of these guys get get half a shot, they might be sneaky way sneaky ways of looking to get them into your 25, although I think Holland's over, too overpriced, but he was quite good at fullback. Look, Penrith, they're copping a hiding in the media, but the reality is when you watch that game, and I also obviously went out to Penrith and watched the game the week before, they actually look pretty good, Ryan. They... um. Their halves look excellent. Cleary and Maloney looking really sharp. Maloney's happy to take on the line. In the first 20 minutes, they had two tries disallowed, and they scored another. So that could have been 18 nil. You know, yeah. Griffin Griffin decided to um, play his middle third through the whole 40, and Canterbury scored two late tries in the first half because of it, because Campbell, Gillard, Merrin, and Tamo were tired. And they're not going to play 40. Maybe Merrin does. Look, Merrin's looked great. He's running the ball with both hands. He's you're getting offloads. Um, he came on late in the game. Massive minutes. Like Griffin's getting these guys into shape for that time of the year. It's a trial game. I still think Penrith are, are an easy top eight, top six team. I, I really do think they're one of the top six teams this year. I think there's a gap between the top six and the rest. Oh, I'm not worried at all. Um, Vidyama Kikau's a must in your 25. He was steaming on the runs from both Maloney and Cleary, or passes from both of them, because they're happy to switch roles, even though Cleary's playing on the right mainly. They'll both bob up on either side. Um, not so convinced on um, Crichton. He... Even if Wateni Zelezniak's not fit for round one, he'll be back before sort of round four when he bump in price. And Crichton had a bit of a shocker. But worse, Ryan was Tyrone Peachy. He looks like he's on the way out. Um, He was very poor and with so many good local juniors there for the Panthers, he could easily be replaced. Yeah, absolutely, which is quite, um, well, I guess a shame for him. Um, 
because he's he's shown what he can do. He's um, clearly got a lot of talent. I guess it's getting it right um, everywhere else um, in terms of preparation and um, discipline and all that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, look, the Panthers, I don't think they're going to have any worries and you're certainly not going to have any worries if you um, if you select any of their guns, whether it's Cleary, whether it's Maloney, um, Merrin, any of those guys. I, I don't think there's going to be a, a big issue for you there. Um, and, look, people, ever, people say, you know, yeah, look, you know, uh, trials matter and all this and yeah they do matter but they matter more to the players to get right as opposed to the results um, the result yeah. yeah and it's very rare that you'll see when they used to play those pre-season cups that teams would actually um win the grand final end of the year that won those things um so you know i think avoid Penrith players at your peril i think you underestimate them you could be mistaken i think they're they're on a a chance to have a have a big year, and you know some people have left the Panthers, but it doesn't seem to be affecting the players. And, and people are like, oh, "What are you talking about?" That you know, they lost, but when you watch them play, they seem like a harmonious unit at the moment. Certainly, I didn't expect to see that when I went out and watched them the week before. I thought Penrith, you know, my 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 gut reaction was Penrith could be a basket case this year. But it's just not playing out. The view, what, what I'm seeing isn't what I thought would happen and, and what everyone's writing in the media, or, or on Twitter at least. Um, I'm not seeing it. I've watched both their games. So I'm not seeing it. Um, Dragons v Souths, the Charity Shield. Look, St George, they had a good um, start to the game. I think Ben Hart and Gareth Widdop are playing well together. You're not going to have them in this Supercoach team, but it is interesting to know for the outside backs, the guy that does look good and you've got to consider Ryan's Matt Dufty just keeps on you know being a standout absolutely um look I've seen both of the Dragons um games that have been on the telly this year and um look he chimes in really well um runs a good line and runs very powerfully uh it's look I think it's fair to say that he's not going to get many try assists um he doesn't look keen to let go of the ball, uh, but he's certainly um, <laughs> he's certainly going to score his fair his fair his fair share. Um, coming on the back of uh, that backline movement, he just knows the exact his timing's really good uh, for this early in the year. Knows exactly when to hit it, hit the line, and um, yeah, both times I've seen um, very similar backline moves uh, where he's chimed in um, in between. You know, like third man in from the sorry, second man in from the winger, and um, he's just hit that gap, and he's just created a lot of issues for the defence. And I think that they'll go there time and time again um, this season, the Dragons. And, and I think that he is a very, a very big chance of squeezing into his team. I know he's not Trevojevic or Tedesco, but he's way cheaper than either of those two. Um, We're going to talk about I, the Knights in a moment. They've got a couple of good potential fullbacks but they were well and truly um, handed a lesson and again it's only a trial but when you watch Dufty at his price and you watch Ponga who immediately was the best for the Knights but Watson at their prices it's it's getting closer and closer right like it's very hard now to look at those three and be clear as to a one two three because um St George are throwing the ball around 
Matt Dufty's a key element of it. He's still cheaper than Tedesco and Traborovic, so if you can't afford both of those players, um, Dufty could be the next step. Absolutely. James Graham looked good. We've been talking about him a little bit in the off-season, what he did in the World Cup. He looks rejuvenated. Cameron McGuinness played tough, much like last season. He's probably just off that level that you, pr- you probably you probably can't consider him at hooker, but he's close. And then there's uh, Luciano Leilua. Now, he got the starting role ahead of Tarek Sims a bit surprisingly. He didn't have a strong game, but at 177,000, Ryan, it's going to be hard to leave him out of your 25 somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. It's As we mentioned at the start of the show, it's hard to get cheapies. Um, he's 177. He's, he's close mm. to the base, um, and he's going to get game time. So he, he will go up, and if he starts um, really performing, he's going to get a you know a solid starting spot. He's going to get solid minutes because he's a big guy, but he looks quite fit, um, and he's young, so it could work out quite uh, quite well for anyone who owns him. South Sydney, they were really good. I was surprised to see just how well they were gelling, especially with no uh, Adam Reynolds there. Um, they look rejuvenated. Perhaps Maguire moving on, he's known as quite a hard taskmaster. Maybe that's sort of given him a bit of freedom and a bit of license. Great if you like some of their players for Supercoach because if they're going to throw the ball around like they did there, even if they're losing, even if they're not winning games, they're going to be scoring your Supercoach points. Adam Duhari looks really good. He's very cheap and complacent and wing 177,000. Yes, he probably won't be named in the first week, but... Put him on your, put him, put him in your, your twenty-five, and hope that maybe something happens um, there, and he gets a shot either in the halves or out in the centres. You know, already Alex Johnston's gone down for a few weeks, which is bad luck for him. Um, but that's certainly um, going to shuffle things around. Richard Kenner seems like a must-own now again with these uh, dearth of cheapy centre and wingers. He's at two thirty-nine, very affordable. Um, other players to play well included Cody Walker and John Sutton. They looked really good. And Damien Cook, Ryan, he's only, I think, 360 or 384. Um, I know you're probably, you know, trying to get a cheapie in there on your bench as hooker with Smith the starter, but you could easily go Smith and Damien Cook instead and try to save the money elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cook is 378, um, and that's a pretty decent price for a guy who is, um, according to Anthony Seabold, um, going to get the majority of the time on the field. Um, yeah, and he should. And I can only, yeah, and he should. <laughs> he absolutely should. He's I can only imagine that if he plays really well, that he's going to end up possibly as an 80-minute player um, by the end of the season, um, depending on, you know, injuries and, you know, all those other factors that, you know, you can't really pick before. Um, before they happen, but mm. yeah, he's he, he's a good he's a good option. And Sam Burgess looked really fit and raring. He played in the middle. Maybe that's going to change if if you know when Cameron Murray comes into the line. He hasn't played yet, um, but I, I'm hoping he just stays in the middle. And 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 at the moment, I've I've got to find a way to get him into my team because he looked good enough to go there in my mind. Um, Knights feed the Eels. Newcastle started well, and then it kind of fell apart. Cullen Ponga admittedly was impressive. I thought Herman SES he had some nice runs. If you've got price for a mid mid round front front row or a mid price front row, maybe you put him in there. There's probably not a lot of others around that same cost. 
that are going to do better. Maybe Adam Fenua Blake, although I think he's a little cheaper. Um, so SAS it could be good. Um, but other, the other Newcastle players, I think they could be avoided. Connor Watson especially looks like a bit of a, a trap at the moment, even though he is very affordable, Ryan. Yeah, he's definitely... You're going to have to wait and see how he, how he actually rolls out during a game um, because we've seen what he can do against, you know, when he was playing with the Roosters. Um, no district in Newcastle, but they were no Roosters team and they are no Roosters team. Um, it's, yeah, it's very tough. You'd be, like, his price is enticing, but um, you just don't know what you're going to get with Newcastle at the moment. No. Uh, it's, and Brown yeah, could it's, make it's a tough. change anyway. He could bring Brock Lamb back after two games, and then you're stuck with he, this guy that hasn't even popped. Exactly right. And and apparently Brock Lamb um, is on the market at the moment, so... Newcastle may be using game time as an incentive for him to stay That's as well. interesting because that, that could work one way or the other, couldn't it? Or it could be like, nah, Watson, we're going to stick with him thick or thin. But we just never yep. know with Nathan Brown. He's one of the <laughs> more difficult coaches. <laughs> He's to unpredictable. The, uh, the assumption of rational coaching, I love that saying. It's one that um, some of the NFL fantasy guys use. So we're trying to use the assumption of rational coaching. It doesn't always apply. and doesn't apply <laughs> in the case, the case of the Knights, unfortunately. Yeah, it does not apply at all. Um, so stay away of most of your Newcastle players. I think Ponga at 4.19, Dufty at 4.90. It's pretty close. Ponga was the best player on the field for Newcastle, and he was kicking goals. So that might still keep him a touch ahead of Dufty at this stage, but it's very close. Parramatta, on the other hand, looked extremely sharp. Look, we've probably not talked a lot about the Eels. I know we went in-depth with them um, in our doubleheader um, podcast a couple of weeks ago, but even then we probably didn't talk enough about Mitchell Moses and Corey Norman Ryan because both of them are just setting up tries. Moses scoring a try, you know, um, they've got the potential, especially Moses. Although there's a high risk there because we've seen him really dud out in certain weeks in the past, Super Coach wise. But he does look like um, he's started to really mature as as a half now. Yeah, well that's right. Um, he's got a bit older. Um, maybe Brad Arthur's unlocked him a little bit. Um, in terms of, you know, what motivates him, what keeps him going. Um, and it is that consistency that's going to be the key for both for him and for um, if you own him, super coach wise Corey Norman, look, you've seen that he can put together a number of good games. Mm. Um, he's done that in the past and I've... I have no doubt that he will do that again this season. He just has um, limited upside with Moses there, and Moses is the one kicking the goal, so it's just hard. Norman could get your 50s and 60s, but it's hard to see him breaking three figures ever. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, um, especially given that Moses is a touch cheaper um, at 4.54 versus Norman at 4.69. Yeah, yeah the inconsistency yeah, it, it of Moses like... makes him cheaper, even though he's the one that could get the hundreds. Yep. Um, Bevan French was really good. Either wing or fullback, he played both. Um, Daniel Alvaro, a real beast up front. I think he's a special this year at 406, just an absolute bargain. I, if you don't have him, you're, you, you're crazy. You've got to get Daniel Alvaro in your team. He's a must own. Nathan Brown, very solid again. We love what the Eels are doing this year. Um, so Brown's got to be in your lineup. And then maybe not for Supercoach, but Moneyball guys like Alvaro and Hoffman might end up you know, being just on the back of these great sweeping movements for, for tries galore. So the Eels, I think there's a lot of guys there that you can really like. It was only the Knights, but they won 26-6. to six. I think they only kicked one or two goals, and they had another two tries disallowed. So it could have been 40 or 50, you know. That was how dominant they were. 
Um, the last two games weren't uh, televised, so we're going to try to um, track it down. We have our ways um, for next week, some vision on the Eagles and Roosters game, as well as Brisbane and um, PNG, so at least we can find out a bit more of the of of those three teams, obviously, NRL teams. Um, we do know that the Tuborovic's were outstanding for Manly, and Tedesco was amazing for the Roosters. He had a, I've already I've seen some footage there with a chip and chase uh, Tedesco, and I've also seen Jakey set up the first try. I think it was Curtis Siren. Um, pretty pretty good effort. So but so they're, they're sort of guys that we might be wanting to get in there based upon that game, and, and obviously what we know they can do from past years. Um, We've got to go in-depth now, so we'll do that with our last two trial games, and it's Gold Coast v. the uh, Warriors. Ryan James, I said earlier, on the left edge, it looked, <laughs> looked a revelation, but, you know, that was against Sean Johnson. Melani Latu, some really strong runs. Look, I know that when they, the first few people asked me about Latu, I was sort of, well, you know, I mean, he's always played okay for the Panthers, but I just didn't know whether he had that level in him. But the price is right, and maybe pure opportunity, especially round one. There'll be no Wallace and no Hipgrave. Um, he could be good. Speaking of Hipgrave, I'll tell you what, if he isn't a permanent fixture, Garth Breddon's kidding himself because he was a beast when he came on. He's bulked up in the off-season and he's just playing with fire and brimstone. Um, yeah, all the talk's been about Matt Lodge. Hipgrave has got similar potential to have a similar curve, I believe, a bell curve. He just needs the opportunity um, there, that's that's the only only thing holding him back at the moment. But surely Brennan, um, they looked a different side with him on the field. Um, Tyrone Roberts Davis came on when Elliot went out. Elliot's going to be out for a while. Um, could be a cheapie worth considering. Um, we'll see if he gets named round one. We're just Ron, we're having so many troubles with these centre and winger cheapies because now we're here. You know, Milne's already sort of dropped off the radar a little, although he did play all right when he came on. I thought we'll get to the Tigers game next. But also Asako, um, it looks like he's now out of favour in regards to getting that wing spot um, for, for round one. Oates or Pearson are probably both ahead of him. Yeah, look, it's, as you said, it's really tough. And look, there's a lot of people that are really hoping for just someone to pop up um, in the team list that the that you know wasn't expected. Well, it may be uh, Roberts Davis because he really did some good things. And I mean, anyone play, he played outside Hurrell, and Hurrell was outstanding. Um, you know, but he was, of course, against the Warriors, he loves playing against the Warriors. Um, but yeah, Roberts Davis looked pretty good. I think if he's named in round one, you just got to find a way to get him in there. He's only a little bit above base price, so it shouldn't be too hard to do that. And he's a guy that could rise in price. Um, for sure, and and Brimson, young Alexander Brimson, um, I thought he looked quite good when he came on. Kane LG probably hasn't kicked on when he had that injury where he was lost for most of the season. He hasn't really come back the same player. Ash Taylor, you know, he's, he's, he's a staple. He looks a bit overweight, actually, Ash Taylor, but still did, you know, that the class was still there. Um, but it could end up being Taylor and Brimson. So, you know, just stick him on your watch list. Also, Ryan, um, you'll note Simon Mannering played on the left edge So, uh, for the Warriors. I think it's going to be hard with the Warriors. They actually looked quite good. They've, they've obviously been doing a lot of work on their fitness through the off-season. They look a fitter team, a leaner team. Stephen Kearney's going to bring that Melbourne style to the Warriors come hell or high water. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but... <laughs> That's yeah, it's what always he's going to try to past. do. 
Yeah, exactly. So maybe from a super coach perspective, you're really reining it in with with the Warriors team. Um, sure, they're still playing, um, especially with Blake Green there, the backs are still playing with plenty of freedom. So that's one good thing. Green controls things. Sean Johnson gets out wider in a second receiver role. He really has room to move. Still, something's up there, I think, maybe with the eyes, the surgery thing he had. Um, but but when he when he just gets to play, so what's in front of him, he's still looking pretty good. And then that means guys like Mamalo and Fusatua, who are great finishers, especially Fusatua, they're going to have some big games this year. Solomon Akata, even um, Tuovasa Shek is going to have some good um, some good games. Peter Hiku's a, a guy people are looking at just above the cheapy level, you know, the sort of value buy. He had a lot of strong yeah. runs. Um, he played he played um pretty well actually that game. He's he, both games. Um, He's really been a standout for the Warriors, and I was a little shocked when he got named in the starting lineup. I just thought they might have gone another direction and had and brought him over more for depth. But he's looking like the Peter Hiku that played for New Zealand in, when when the Kiwis were really, you know, at, on par with Australia, and he, he he looks like he's come back. So that's going to be hard to ignore. Um, I really like Sam Cook. He's playing hooker, but he's in at five. I, I wish. The uh, super coach gods would let would have him, or the or the um, powers that be would have him at, as a hooker, because I'm not convinced with um, Craig Garvey or Sevilla Havili, and we'll get to that because we've heard today Ada Hingano has been signed from the the, the Warriors, so um, Sam Cook would be a great option off the bench. He looks like a young Isaac Luke. Now, admittedly, Luke's upped his game since Cook's been playing so well. Both of them were very good. Um, so that's going to be interesting, but it's still going to be hard to know exactly what Stephen Kearney, if that system's going to work or not. So unless you're getting value with a guy like Hiku or Cook, I'm just not sure if you can put those guys in your team round one. I'm very worried about Mattering Ryan. I know he's been a staple year on year. We're as big a fans on this show than as anyone, but I'm just worried. When he plays on the edge, he does not get the super catch points. Yeah, no, his points won't be as strong as when he plays middle. Um, that's just a fact. It's just, yeah, you can go and check every, any game he's played on the edge versus any game he's played um, in the middle, and yeah, you can see where his points come from. It's just his work rate, um, and the fact is, you just don't. He doesn't get the ball as much out there. He doesn't have to do as much tackling. Um, so we'll see how that happens. Whether he switches to the middle at some stage uh, when they've, you know, when there's a proper, you know, uh, competition game on. Uh, who knows? But at the moment, he's definitely it's definitely a worry. All right, and let's um, look at another team in depth now. The Tigers, who played the Sharks, and uh, Ryan, you you watched this one. What did you make of our team, West Tigers? There, um, there's a lot to sort of to process um, in regards to team selections. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, it was hard. It, it's hard to say um, because the Sharks were that that good in the first 40 minutes. Um, if points were awarded for kicking into the legs of the opposition, you'd chuck Luke Brooks in your team. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> he is as far away from your Supercoach team as humanly possible at I, any stage of this season. He should not even be on your bench. Hopefully he's There's as no far points. away as from the um, West Tigers team before too long because of the way that the guys like Corey Thompson's playing and Josh Reynolds... You know, we might not need him. <laughs> yeah, oh, look, he he was very poor um, in that first half and made 
um, when there was when there was you know a decision to be made, he took the wrong one every single time. Um, look, and it's it was tough. Look, the Tigers, uh, the forwards were quite decent. Um, they had to try and match it against a pretty a pretty good Cronulla pack, uh, obviously minus Gallon, but um, you know the the new guys, Madalino and Packer. Uh, did quite did quite well. Uh, the, everyone was gassed early, though. Um, Eisenhower uh, got concussed early, and he was off uh, and didn't and didn't play more than um, probably ten minutes or so. And so um, Grant and um, Josh LAA came on, and they both actually took their chances. Um, Grant was really strong. LAA ran ran strongly all night, actually. Um, the other thing that I did notice, which is a turn-up um, that I wasn't expecting, was uh, Kevin Naguama's defence was quite improved. Um, his high, his, him under the high ball is still an issue, um, but he actually combined well with Lawrence on that left side. Like uh, Sharks went that way a lot, um, and they had a bit of success, but it wasn't through Naguama or Lawrence. Um, they tended to tended to make the make the indentations on that side of the field um, and then go over to the other side where um, they put um, Nofaluma and um, Masters under pressure out there. Um, so, look, the Tigers, they look okay. Um, and guys like Robbie Rockow um, played fairly well. Um, well. It'll be interesting to see if he can fit into the team somewhere. Yeah, and we've got a tweet, and we'll get to that a bit later about Rocco. Um, wondering if you'll get a start. So do you think on the back of that, or is it still, you know, I mean, Taylor and Twall didn't play. We don't know who's going to go on the edges. McQueen, you'd imagine, would have one. Lawrence, potentially another, or Taylor. But maybe, you know, Lawrence misses out. Taylor plays in the middle, especially with Eisenhuth had that um, concussion or head knock. Yeah, maybe Rocco, I mean, it could be. Look, he's an option. He's definitely an option. However, He's look. He's a, that little bit extra um, in cost-wise um, for a guy that may start from the bench. If he's named in the team starting, then I reckon there'll be a bunch of people piling on him because um, a, he's at that price where it can definitely go up um, without him having to have a you know super dominant performance. Mm. Um, but also, he's what he showed was that he looks like he's the uh, He's the player before he was injured, um, which is a good sign. Well, I'll read out this um, points per minute from 2015. This is before he got hurt, and it was 0.88. So 279 points. So I only played, I think, the five games, and he went down. So, yeah, it, it was handy, and that was you know before the change in, in points total. I know 2014 he had a bigger year. 16, he didn't really get much of a go. 17, he moved about Souths and Melbourne in the same year. So, you know, I think Wits was the one that asked on Twitter, so that's your answer there, Wits. But 2014, we weren't, weren't doing the show, so we don't have the um, stats, unfortunately, going back quite that far. But I do know from memory that was a big year for him. Corey Thompson, Ryan, he's quite affordable as a centre and winger. Do you think he's he's landed? He was pretty impressive, I thought. Do you think he's landed the fullback role over Lola here? Yeah. Um, 
I do, absolutely. Um, no doubt. you bring him in to your lineup with, again, I, centre wingers being tough to... to, to yeah, go. look, I, I'm not sure I would bring him in. Um, I think he's just that touch expensive for what he's going to offer you. Um, he's He was quite solid at the back um, and was actually kind of pretty faultless sort of thing. Uh, but at 319, um, when you've got... Look, uh, a lot of your guns sit at the fullback position. Yeah. Um, well, he's centre and winger. He's not a fullback for Super. Yeah, so he so might be able advantage. to fit in there that way. Um, You've got but, Richie Kenner at 239. I think he's quite good. Um, you know, there's a couple of other guys like Dewey and Olive that might get a run. You know, I, I think you've got to avoid Christian Crichton. I just wasn't convinced with him. Um, but there's a, yeah, even a guy like Zach Lomax for the Dragons, I'm wondering, you know, I'm strongly considering as my 25th for sort of more later in the year. So there's a few guys there. You know, Tane Milne we you know, probably should talk about as well. Um, and I think Osako's kind of dropped off the radar, though. But we might talk about those two a bit later. We've got a tweet about those two. But, yeah, I think Thompson could could uh, could be considered if you've sort of... Depending on how you've balanced, balanced yeah, your lineup. Yeah, definitely. He could, fill in, he could fill a spot for you for sure. Um, I'm not sure on the amount of points he would actually get you, um, given I thought his game against the Sharks on Saturday was, like, excellent. Um, I'm not sure if he'd produce that every week or just produce a a lower, um, you know, just a safe performance, but uh, mm. but with a lower, lower score. Yeah, he looked good in attack too. That was the, the thing from a super coach perspective that was interesting. The other guys, um, it's going to be hard, really, with the eyes and the hoots and the twalls. They were good late last year, but I just think with the depth at the Tigers, you're better off looking at cheapies or or, cheap, or or those value players like Thompson or Rocco. I don't know if you're really looking at anyone else um, from West Tigers. Unfortunately for us, uh, you know, could could be another long year. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's science. Just very quickly before we get to the storm in depth, we'll go through some of the Sharks players, I think. Matt Moylan, you know, Valentine Holmes are guys that maybe you're looking at. Holmes was pretty good um, on the weekend and probably not picking him in Supercoach, but Luke Lewis was pretty good too. Yeah, Luke Lewis was... uh, He just blitzed everyone. Um, Holmes was really good too. uh, Chimed in when he had to. um, Was quite safe at the back and his positional play was pretty good. Um, Fecky um, was on the end of some good backline stuff. Mm. Uh, Chad Townsend, good, didn't he? Yeah, and but Townsend, Chad Townsend yeah. absolutely was the dominant half over Moylan, um, and his kicking game was absolutely on point. Like I don't think there was maybe one kick that went dead, um, and he did a lot of the kicking, and they were in, they were attacking a lot of the time. Um, they were only on the field for the first forty, obviously those two. Um, but yeah, he was going quite well. I'm not saying to get him in your side, but he is a guy who is, they look like they're directing a bit of the attack through him, like the more structured attack, obviously. Well, hopefully Um, it's a benefit for Sione Katawa because he's the guy, isn't he, that everyone's got in their lineup. Absolutely. um, At 164, and we're just making, hoping, beyond hope, that he's the one that, 
against the guard. I thought Fafita played well, and I thought it was interesting to watch Kate Will off the bench as well, even though probably not considering him, but Fafita's putting his name up too as someone. I mean, do you go Gallon? Do you go Fafita? Do you go both, you know? Yeah, that, that'd be tough. You know, take a, a fair chunk of your salary cap with those two guys, but yeah, you'd get you'd get your value out of those. Um, the other guy who might get a game at some stage, I'm not sure, um, Braden Ewell, I think he's mm. pronounced. Um, just one of the biggest people I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but he was really strong. Just he could get ran the, straight. Take a easy role of twenty minutes. It could be your power player. Look, yeah, power I, player. it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me because, geez, he's a uh, yeah. He takes some putting down. We do need to get on to the tweets, but we will get to the storm. Our last of our sixteen teams, the premiers, that we go in depth with, and obviously we're expecting Billy Slater return for round one. Um, Curtis Scott seems to have wrapped up that left centre position. We talked about them quite in depth, really, when we talked about the trial against the Cowboys at one of the ones that was televised, so we got a bit closer look. Um, Brody Croft, I think he's going to be a must-own. I know a lot of people are probably leaving him out for a cheaper option on the bench with probably going with a guy like Thurston, but I just love... Every game he plays, he just stands out to me, Brody Croft, and I, I see him being probably like Nathan Cleary when he first hit the scene, just immediately becoming keeper status, so why not get him now before he goes up? The only thing you could argue against that is say, well, you know, I'm not, I can't, I can't quite justify it now, I'll just wait the first two weeks before the price pop, then I'll make sure I trade him in, but I figure just get him in now. Um, the other conversation... Ryan would probably be between uh, well Cameron Smith, which we'll get into a moment, but Jesse Bromwich and Dale Finucane, because either one of those could be handy um, in your front row, because it's not a lot of front row options this year with a lot of those guys in the past who have been eligible, now only eligible as second rowers. Yeah, well, that's right. And um, Jesse Bromwich is a great player um, at a great price, really, like 413 um, is pretty good considering um, he's going to get you some uh, decent points. Um, when guys like Paul Vaughan are six hundred, so you can yeah. see that that's a that's a fair. Yeah, difference. Jesse had a down year last year. He had the issue off the field, and it probably affected yep. him. Um, he's and, been playing pretty well in those opening yeah. two games, trial games. And, and Finucane, um well, he just keeps on going. Um, and the good thing is about him, he's four eighty nine, so he's a bit more expensive, but he's a dual position. He's second. Second row or front row, so you can exactly that's yeah, move him around in your, in your side. Um, you know, makes make uh, some positional changes, um, which might help you um, grab you know grab that extra player that you're after. Cameron Smith, is there any point even debating it? I mean, it's to me it seems like he's a must own, but is there any other way that you go? there to leave him out, even hypothetically. If Cameron Smith, I don't know, uh, leaves for Mars tomorrow, that's the only yeah. way he's not in your team. <laughs> Says, right. guess what? I'm actually an alien and I'm yeah. leaving back yep. to my home planet. Sorry about that. That's why I was so yeah. good at this game. And I'm also 437 <laughs> years old. That's, <laughs> that's right. I'm going to jump in. Elon Musk's car that's floating <laughs> around in space and drive home. Um, All no, right, you've got to have good. him. 
like there's just no way you can't have him um, if you're serious. It might not make for great debate on the show, but we're in complete agreement. Let's go on to these tweets. Um, first one from Travis. Hey, guys, go cheap with Lodge, Latu and Fanua Blake or spend and go Jay Bromwell, we just talked about, and Daniel Alvaro. Thanks. What do you reckon? Can he can he go a little bit of a mix there? Yeah, I'm. I'm I like both Bromwich and Alvaro, but look, and, and I've said in the opening rounds, and look, I may put him in by next Thursday. So please don't sort of come out. And say, you said you weren't going to play him. Lodge looks like he's going to go from a two hundred thousand player to a five hundred thousand player. So I mean, yeah. how do you not put him in? Um, Latu yeah, and Fanua Blake going to raise two hundred. Yeah, Latu and Fanua Blake. Could be, could be a different story, but certainly they're good value at the moment. Um, the other guy I like is Keegan Hipgrave. I just think that he could pull a lodge and go up double his price at least, as long as he gets the opportunity. You know, that's the that's the key. Um, yep. I agree with you, Ryan. Get try to Alvaro's got to get in there. The way he's looking, the end of last year, and then again in that trial against the Knights, it's just they just kept calling his name, commentators. You know, Horsey's up there, and he's every time. Oh, there goes Alvaro again. Like, you know, they lay the platform, and then the backs go nuts. Alvaro and Brown, and some of those other guys. Um, yep. Rod Gibson asks, "Hey guys, one player that really stepped up um, in the WC was Shannon Boyd. I don't think he played in the in the World Cup. Said he." <laughs> stepped up in the WC and his chance his minutes increase in the Rays rotation I thought he played four nations but didn't get picked for the World Cup Ryan am I crazy that was two um, years ago when I he had the big, the big off season it was big off season um, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping this tweet isn't a year old <laughs> <laughs> um, look I, I, I don't know how we trust the Raiders right now I'm not quite sure what to expect they didn't really have that great a game against the Bulldogs the the Canterbury pack overwhelmed them. Um, I don't know what they're doing at Hooker. I think it's worth discussing um, that. And, and we've, we've had some late tweets come in, so I might throw that in right at the end of the show, or they're already over time. Um, certainly, their forwards. I don't. It doesn't matter if Boyd gets an extra five or ten minutes. I, I don't see Canberra forwards being being um, anyone to really look at. Do you? No. Um, look. I... I can't see anyone in there that's like a like a guy putting putting his hand up to say, "Pick me." Um, I, I don't see that any um, time increase either for um, for Shannon Boyd will help him. Um, yeah, I, I think the Raiders are a really tough team to pick um, to pick from this season because you're just not sure what they're going to throw up. Uh, being that last season they were quite Quite down um, on what they what they had previously um, put together, uh, with the exception of Nick Kotrick, um, obviously. Mm. But um, they've got some good um, matchups, but that'd probably suit their backs. Guys like Rapana, Croker. You know, they're probably not going to get burnt with Leilua again, but he could benefit more. So yeah, absolutely. Than the and look, you have to also think with the forwards, um, Josh Hodgson is out, mm. um, and so that might that might um. They might suffer a little bit um, with the service from whoever ends up being the um, hey. being the being the number nine. Aiden Caesar went into dummy half. 
for some of that game against the Bulldogs. Let's go on to under the radar's tweet. You think Hingano will play nine? He's a handy player from what I've seen. We only just found that announcement out tonight that Hingano's been signed by the Raiders for two years. Under the radar saying he's a better option than either Caesar or Austin also. Um, Hingano played a bit of nine for the Warriors, so you know, we're probably it's probably where Stewart's looking first and foremost, but signed for two years, knowing Hodgson will be back. Eventually, Ngane could could play in the halves, I guess, or he's just depth. What do you make of that? Yeah, look, I think for, he's a definite for this season. Um, I think he probably will play nine. Um, I've heard that Sam Williams is probably going to be in the halves, so maybe he started. And... He started against the Dogs, and and Blake Austin came off the bench, and he came off the bench in the 39th minute. Like it was, yeah, you know. So I'm thinking maybe Austin fills in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but Austin played in the halves, and Caesar was the one that went to Uka when Austin came on. But I thought the Raiders looked completely rudderless until Austin came on, even though you wouldn't think Austin of, of the guy running the team around the park. But when he wasn't on the field, it was just really a mess. Yeah, look, it's it's hard to pick that one. Um, the Raiders don't look like Very they're in much. great shape, to be honest. No. It's a hard one, and Ricky Stewart, one of the greatest all-time halfbacks, certainly in our generation, of watching footy. And, you know, it's could, it could be the Michael Jordan phenomenon, you know, when he went into coaching. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, how come you can't get a guy to play halfback? Even half as good as Stewart, that'd be, that'd be a great team. If they, had, if they had Ricky Stewart playing, that team would win a comp. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, that's would. really their only weakness is, is number seven. Anyway, move on. Gav asks, Milne and Asako missed selection in round one. Would you still pick them, expecting them to play at some stage? Look, I, I don't really know how I, I, I could pick Asako. Personally, I like Tane Milne more of what I've seen from him in the past. He's, he's shown more in, in the top grade. He also plays centre and wing and second row. That's two really good positions with with depth in your interchange, in your reserve lineup. Ryan, uh, this might sound controversial, but I don't mind picking 24. Um, you know, having a 25th that never really ends up playing. So, you know... If, if it had to be, and ideally it would be the absolute cheapest, but if Tane Milne didn't get a go and I've got him in my team, I'm still not that worried about it because there's only 37 trades this year, so it's just one less position I have to worry about trading in and out. Save it for, for another position, you know. Um, in saying that, that's not saying I'm definitely going to have Milne in my team regardless, but I am still considering it. And the Tigers could have a host of changes as the year goes on. Uh, selection-wise. Yeah, exactly right. Um, you just don't know what's going to happen. But as for the question, um, I don't think I would pick either of them at the moment um, because if they do get picked by the looks of things, they're going to, only going to be fill-ins. And so unless there's a long-term injury, I can't imagine that um, it's going to take a long time for them to put three games together for you to try and, and I'm assuming that um, you're trying to, you know, make some cash from them, um, being that they're cheaper cheaper players. But um, it's, yeah, it, it's too, uh, too cutthroat to uh, chuck those guys in. But if you, like you are, Paul, or you're thinking the 25th guy is your throwaway 
I'm just going to sit the cheapest guy in the corner <laughs> and let him sit there. Um, then maybe that's the case, and maybe they get a game here or there. Um, and Mil- yeah, Milne's end up more likely. A little bit of cash. He's more likely. Yeah. Um, to get a go, I think out of the blue because you know, Cleary, especially that draw the Tigers have, it's just a horror draw, and he might just be clutching at straws trying to try different things. And he's a good player. He is a good player. He should get in that team eventually. Um, but at the moment, he seems to be on the outer for some reason. I thought he still looked good when he came on the park on Saturday night. So, yeah, we'll see. And finally, Jacks asks, best way to raise money with speculative cheapies, Lelua, Kikau or Duahi, or going more reliable mid-rangers in Latu, Cardi, Cards, right, Watson and Hiku? Um, yeah, I'd go the cheapies. Um, I don't think the mid-range... The mid range is tough because it's never really worked guys, in the in Supercoach past. I know that you know the pricing is different this year, but it's never really worked in the past. Yeah, because they've got to do something pretty pretty good and pretty consistently to get those to get those rises. Um, look, guys like um, Katoa for the Sharks, you know he's going to play. You know he's yeah, cheap. Yeah, so. as he's mentioned, as Jack's asked, Kikau, he looks good. Yeah. Yeah, as well, Kikau as well. Um, those kind of guys are, are where your money raises are coming from. Dewey's um, a centre and winger, so you've stuck him when you've know, got three reserves in that spot, even though he's going to play half. If Adam Reynolds, who's injury-prone, let's well, injury that's, I, don't, I don't like that term, so I'll take that back. But he's had injuries in the past. He could have another one. Yep. Then suddenly Absolutely. Dewey's playing and you've already got him. So I don't know. I just feel like the upside... I love upside in fantasy sports. It doesn't matter if it's super coach or NFL fantasy. Um, you know, to me, that's a way, you know, if you're looking at that real high, what could they achieve? And, um, you know, it's hard to see that, even from Bryce Cartwright, just because Gold Coast, he has the ability, but Gold Coast look like they're probably going to be the worst team this year if, with them all the night. It's hard to see it. Um, Latu, look, they've all done... Latu's shown enough. Hiku's shown enough. You pick them, you should make some money. But, yeah. Do he? Could, could double in price if he gets the opportunity. Just one last thing before we uh, sign off tonight. Just wanted to send on our condolences to Steve Folks' uh, family and, and friends. What awful news as well. Um, you know, considering... Fitness was his thing, and, and we, you know, people, a lot of our listeners know the game pretty well. Know people of um, folks as era, and he was just such a tough competitor. And, and then he went into the coaching, strength and conditioning side of things as well. And yeah, it's just just an absolute tragedy. And you know, we're here to talk sports and keep it, you know, um, fun fantasy sports. But obviously, it would, wouldn't be right to not acknowledge. Um, the passing of Steve Fuchs um, in such a tragic, tragic way. All right, that about does it. It's been a long show. These uh, pre-season ones can really uh, go, for, go for a while. Um, NRL Junkie asked us a couple of weeks ago about the new price increase and how it would affect price gains and drops, mate. Um, we've asked, we've reached out to uh, Wilfred, who won it a couple of years ago, works for the telly now. And he said, look, he's, he's assuming so, but even he hasn't uh, been told for sure. Look, they'll put it all in their averages, etc., and then it will come out. 
um, these prices, they are making it hard to sort of, uh, their new prices, to figure all that out. But but, I do, but we'd all assume that, yeah, it's going to, there could be some higher raises and some lower drops. Brian, thank you so much, mate. Um, we're going to talk to you again next week where we're going to have the teams named by then and it'll probably be another bumper show, let's face it, as we try to yeah. finalise these teams before the, the round one lockout and when trades commence. It's kind of getting exciting. Footy's getting closer, like the real footy's getting closer. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I actually looking really forward to um, checking out just who's in who's in the teams. Teams, I can't wait. It's going to be massive. Remember a few things. The app, the Apple app, we're expecting it to be uh, all cleared tonight. We had a few issues with it. Um, not not getting passed uh, into the end. <laughs> Good old iTunes. So you've really got to got to got to work hard to get that going. But we're hoping it should be there by the time this podcast is being listened to by you guys out there. If not, the old app will put up all the information there, so you can't miss a beat. Meanwhile, Google Play, we've got a lot of information there. We can't update Google Play until Apple ticks us off, just the way it all works. So if you've got a Google Play one and wondering, why can't I get it? That's why. But we're expecting pretty much any day now it's going to be released, and then we'll get all the new information out, including the recaps. In the meantime... You can always put a review up for this very podcast. Give us a little tick. You know, make sure you like us on Facebook. If you don't already follow us on Twitter, do that. And, um, you know, just this is the time of year. And I'll tell you what, the app with the Dominator, with their other features, it's, Ryan, you've got a, a demo copy of it, and it's just through the roof this year. It's going to be a must, a must. Yeah. Yeah, look, anyone who gets it is going to love the Dominator. Yeah, it's the new look. It's everything about it. Just you'll be happy, and you get this podcast straight to your straight to your phone. You know when it's when it's uh, uploaded, so makes it easy. All right, I am Paulie G. Porkersedka. This is the Super Coach Professionals Podcast, and we'll talk to you again next week. Mm-hmm.